Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I really thank you for joining us here on the program. You probably already know that we come your way on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times, as well as podcasting at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and a bunch of other places that uh, many of our listeners are reposting to, which I thank them for. I thank you for if you've done that. Uh, and uh, we also provide a, a link to our guest's website, and you'll be able to go there and continue your evolutionary process, your transformational process. Uh, we certainly hope that you will do just that. Uh, also, if you like the work that they're doing, you like the work that we are doing, and you'd like to support our efforts to bring these kinds of guests to you, we do have a Patreon and PayPal account so that you can support us financially. I do that for security reasons, especially. And uh, so you can go there and we thank those who have supported. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Those who will support, who are going to, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, it's greatly appreciated. You, you have no idea what it means to me when I get those notifications from PayPal saying, hey, so-and-so just uh, sent you X number of dollars to keep your program going and so forth. So again, I thank you for that. Well, today, today is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I say that on every program, but quite honestly, it's true. And we're going to talk today with a very special guest who is going to share with us how to be sustainable and successful, especially, I got to tell you, uh, in, this, uh, in this crazy, topsy-turvy world uh, that we call life. Uh, in the changing world, you can make your impact. You really can. Uh, and we have with us the uh, the, the uh, uh, our guest is Kenneth Lord, a very interesting gentleman who we're going to be chatting here with. And I want to thank you, Kenneth, for for joining us on the program, uh, as well as providing people with an opportunity to find out more about you at your website. I'm going to give it out right now because I want people to have that opportunity immediately to go to kennethlord.info. K-E-N-N-E-T-H-L-O-R-D dot I-N-F-O. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Richard. I really appreciate you. It's, it's amazing what you're doing and how you're helping so many people. I love the support that you're giving them. And uh, so I really um, hope that they are really um, supporting you because, because the work that you do is truly tremendous. So well, thanks for having me. First of all, I thank you for those kind words. Uh, interestingly enough, as I, as I view it, and, and I, I do have fun doing this. I've been doing this for a long, long time. Um, I really give the credit to the, the folks like you because you folks, you and many of my other guests, all of my other guests, you have these incredible ideas, these incredible concepts, these incredible, magnificent ways of, as we like to put it, finding those new ways of living because the old ways, they don't work anymore. And not just because of what we've been going through here in 2020, which by the way, Kenneth, you don't know this, probably don't. This is 2020, the year of perfect vision where we're encouraging people to go within. That's where the answers are. Yes, Kenneth Lord has some answers for you, listener, uh, in terms of his experience, in terms of his expertise. But what you have to do is you have to go inside and you have to get the guidance, but I think in these times that people talk about, Ken, uh, if I may call you Ken, um, yes. we can find that calm 
and that peace that we really need right now because people are really, understandably so, we're even hearing the science about it, getting a little stir crazy staying at home. I mean, my wife, uh, who works in the medical field, okay, she has been furloughed since, uh, since um, March 18th and just wow. received notice, not that she gets to go back to work, but the furlough has been extended to July 31st. Wow. So we do what we can to get out, to move around. We, we, we live here in Santa Barbara. We live in the rural part of Santa Barbara above, in the, the mountain above it. And we go out to the valley, which is San Inez and Santa Maria, up the 101 uh, towards San Francisco. And just to get away for the day on a Friday, because I get off at noon. Um, and, uh, you know, I always tell her, look, if you want to go for a ride in the evening, we can take, we can do that. Mm -hmm. So that's why we encourage people to look for that yeah. calm, peaceful place inside. I'm curious, uh, regardless of what's going on in the world, let's say there is the coronavirus or whatever it is, if, if there's no pandemic, there's all, uh, what about you? You know, I mean, you, you've, you've got a lot under your belt these days. Um, and we're going to talk about your mission and a lot of the training that you have available and, and as well as your experience uh, and availability speaking and, and to, to, to folks, getting in touch with them. But uh, do you have that still small, that uh, still uh, place that you can go to to just decompress and, and relax and, and start listening? Yes, absolutely. And for me personally, it happens all throughout the day. So uh, my, my entire focus and concentration is on knowing and understanding from within what is that next step. It, it, it could be in every decision I make, whether it is what am I going to eat, which direction do I go, which, you know, it sounds maybe a little bit uh, odd to some, but that's how I live every day. So, you know, is, this per, is it appropriate for me to speak with this person, is, you know, is this aligned with who I am and what that bigger calling and, and, and mission is for myself? <clears throat> so I'm really purpose-driven in every area of my life and every moment of my life. And so um, what I'll do oftentimes, and I just did it, is I'll go for uh, mini road trips, I call them. And I'll just go out 50 miles or more, just go out there, hang out for the day, and then, or even stay the night, and then come back. And it gives me this clarity that where I can just you know, do some writing, get clear about what my next steps are. Um, I'm always pondering. I believe that when you're pondering internally and you're really wanting to kind of listen to what that, who you are, where you're at, it, it's really the place to really, um, you're able to quantum quickly. Because the way I look at every single thing, and this is how I work with my clients is, what are the fewest number of steps um, in the shortest amount of time to reach the greatest result and impact? And so when you do that every single day, you're constantly, you're always looking for that. What is that? What is the quantum in this situation? What's the, what is that? What is that, that clarity where you can just go to this endpoint and then have that right this moment? So that's, that's an everyday thing for me. And it's, it doesn't sound to me like, <clears throat> excuse me, you're trying to get 
to your goal as fast as possible. This is not what this is about. Uh, not necessarily a get quick rich scheme by any means. Uh, no. But I know a lot of people, um, and I know a lot of people are very frustrated today because, especially in the hospitality industry, things are just now, as you and I are conversing, things are just now starting to open up a little bit in different ways. And I have been saying since this thing broke out, and especially since the word started circulating in late February, early March here in the United States, that we were going to have to, we might have to shut things down for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I can appreciate the frustration. I really can. Even though I've been fortunate enough, I'm still working. Yeah. Uh, my wife, as I said, she's been furloughed since, uh, uh, since March 18th. Uh, and at the same time, I'm sitting here trying to tell people, look, do you honestly believe that this is permanent? Come on. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. is permanent. Yeah. Uh, as, as we try to focus on, and I want you to address this a little bit, uh, we try to tell people, look, there is only one constant in the universe that you have to, you have to embrace it. You have to love it. You have to cherish it. You even have to uh, say, as, as George Bush once said during his term, he says, bring it on, bring it on, <laughs> bring on the change. Um, what are your thoughts in that regard? It's the only constant in the universe. So true. And, and, and it's, like, it's, it's like air. If you stop breathing the air because you're afraid there isn't enough to go around or you, you start hyperventilating because you don't think there's enough to go around, yeah. you know, you're going to do yourself harm. So true, so true. And really change is change. I mean, this is just the reality of it. You know, matter of fact, oftentimes to um, most relationships, most people don't realize that our cells are constantly um, duplicating themselves. Mm-hmm. So in a relationship, there's always going to be some level or some sense of change in the relationship because we're, we're just naturally going to change. Our bodies are changing, our minds, all these, you know, we're changing by talking with someone, we're understanding different, we're coming to a different perspective. And so that's one of the reasons why you wanna work on those relationships and and have that clear communication. And so everything is about change. And so, as you said, Richard, and I love, uh, you know, your whole model of the steps for life and, you know, the choices and so forth, your perfect, perfect vision, you know, make a choice, match words to, to choice, match actions to words, match, personal input be your choice. And that's really, that's right on. And it's something that uh, I'll share a little bit later. And it's about your decisions. And those decisions set up your next decision. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so finite. And the better we're able to master that one single thing, the clearer we become to our next change, our next evolution, our next understanding and perspective. Yeah. You know, from a, uh, from a um, philosophical perspective, you said something that sparred, spurred a thought. I had this conversation with my eldest sister uh, many years ago when uh, we were all still fairly close to home. And uh, this is Phoenix, uh, where I was born and raised. And, and it was Thanksgiving which I, I learned afterwards was the wrong time to have this conversation in the kitchen while mother is making Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, and my sister was challenging me on my salvation, as she put it. Uh, and uh, she said, you know, she was concerned about my beliefs. And I said to her, I said, well, here's the deal. This is where I'm coming from. Uh, the, my beliefs of yesterday 
are not my beliefs of today, are not my beliefs of tomorrow, because mm -hmm. I'm still growing, I'm still learning, I'm still experiencing, and there's no way that I can um, uh, land on specifics and stick with them for the rest of my life because of the aforementioned. And it also ties in a saying that was given to me when I was 21 years of age. I was working for a radio reading service for the blind and visually impaired. Uh, I was, um, uh, even at that age, and I'd only been in this business of uh, broadcasting for two years. <laughs> I was only in it for two years. And feeling a little full of myself. And uh, someone came to me and said, it is better to begin in doubt and end in certainty than to begin in certainty and end in doubt. So true. And that has stuck with me ever since. I may have certain philosophical beliefs today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a matter of fact, it took me five years working for a religious or Christian radio station back in the 80s, early 90s. It took me five years to release myself from the concept for myself, this I don't put this on anybody else, and that's something else I'm very clear about. Mm -hmm. What I believe, what my philosophy is, is just that, mine. And if yeah. you glean something from it, more power to you. If you don't mm -hmm. like it, then stay away from it. Yeah. But it took me five years to release myself from the concepts of a literal devil and hell, heaven and hell. I, I just they, they just didn't logically make sense. But every so often during that five-year period, what would come up, up in my head when I say, oh, no, there's no heaven or hell. The, the, that little voice inside uh, on my shoulder, you know, how you have the devil on one side and an angel on the other, would say, yeah, but what if they're right? What if they're right? <laughs> and, and finally, I got to the point, like, you know what? Whether they're right or wrong, I'm the only one who has to answer to whoever or whatever is there after my life is over. Yes. So, so I hope that people will listen to what you have to say. And speaking of which, you do a lot of speaking engagements and sharing all of these different attributes, especially when it comes to, and I know that this is, I have to say that the, the, the word that was drove me nuts for the longest time was the word quantum because everybody was using it in front of their, <coughs> whatever they were doing. Hmm. I'm thinking, no, what's wrong with just the ordinary stuff? Why does it have to be quantum? And now the key word or the catchphrase, the, the word is, sustainable so everything's got to be sustainable mm -hmm. and i i know what that means i know what they're trying to say sure. but i have to say that it's all it's driving me a little nuts uh, in that respect too but why don't you tell me and our listeners what do you mean by that in terms of uh not just i know this doesn't have anything really to do per se directly with recycling and and using organics and on and the list goes on it seems to me from what I have been gleaning from your website and other information that this sustainability in success is more of an internal process of, uh, that, that is sustainable. A am I close? You're so correct. And pardon me, all of what you were just talking about makes perfect sense, Richard. I mean, I, I love the way that you just uh, contextualize your, your, your point of your you know perspective and so forth. I love how you've done that because it really does make sense. And I think that ultimately there's this bigger picture that we all are part of that, you know, we have to determine what that is for ourselves and to not, you know, and to not reflect that upon others and to just be clear about who we are because our relationship is 
is one with uh, you know our creator for instance and so um just wanted to um, acknowledge that because i think it's very relevant to uh you know perspective and one of the things as it relates to perspective and i'll answer your question in just a second is perspective is as you were you were communicating with your sister and so forth it's based upon our understanding of where we're at in that moment right and so when you're, it could be whether you're, you know, it could be a dollar amount perspective. It could be <clears throat> experiential perspective. So you could say, you know, you're making a hundred thousand dollars. You make them making a billion dollars. There's gonna be different perspectives. You know, you could be, um, <clears throat> pardon me, in a, in a relationship, you could have had no experience and you could have had lots of experience. And so that perspective, people actually hire you and they pay for your value based upon your perspective, your point of view. So let's just say that when Richard Branson goes and speaks on stage, as an example, they're not paying him to speak because, you know, and he's not saying, hey, this is how I built these businesses, right? That's not what he's there for. He's there to help people to understand a perspective. And it's a different point of understanding in terms of value and a creative, creative uh, expression. So, <clears throat> pardon me, the sustainability that, that, you know, I'm referring to is exactly what you're referring to because when I back in 2016 I went through this experience where in November where I had about eight <clears throat> pardon me uh, eight different clients that were going to pay me uh, pretty significantly and all of them just before Christmas thinking that this is going to be a good Christmas all canceled and so I immediately knew there was a reason for this because one, when one or two cancel, you know, that's, you know, that's. Maybe. Hold on, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. I have an interference on my computer, on my phone here. Sorry. Just a minute. And I do not know why it started. What the hell? Forgive me. Mm -hmm. But for some reason. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Hang on a second. Really? What Unbelievable. For some bizarre reason, my my Spotify just started playing. It just started playing. <laughs> oh, and I will tell you what it was playing. It was playing one of my favorite artists, John Denver, and Sweet Surrender. Okay, so let's continue on from there. See if you can tie that. See, there are no accidents in my in my personal opinion. There, there are there true. there are coincidences. Okay, yes, yes. so there's a reason that happened. I don't know what it was, <laughs> or is yet, and it doesn't matter whether I figure it out. All I know is somehow this ties into what we're talking about here. Completely. Please I continue. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. That's hilarious. Go ahead. Uh, continue on with what you were sharing there, because uh, again, and I do appreciate those kind words as far as. Uh, you know, philosophy and, and perspective. And that's what we talk about, of course, on this program in terms of there's this circle and mm -hmm. we're standing on the edges of the circle and the circle's made up of points and there's an event happening in the center. Yes. And if we continue to move around that circle and get a different perspective, mm -hmm. oh my God, it broadens our horizons. Isn't that what they told you as a kid? Go to the yes. library and read a book uh, yes. and, and broaden your horizons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's so, go. Go ahead. So I'm going to, I'll go back to the, it's 2016, just to, if yes. that's what have you. So back in 2016, I had this experience. It was in November of 2016. 
And I had several clients who were going to pay me significant amounts of money uh, for different services that we were offering. And uh, at that time, all of these clients canceled on me. This was just before Christmas, right? Thinking that I, I was going to have this great Christmas and all of them canceled. And immediately I knew that I needed to go within and understand what was, what was it that I needed to understand in order for me to take that next step, that next thing that I needed to see or hear or understand. And what ended up occurring through my pondering and re reflection and so forth is I needed to start a credit repair business. Mm. Out of nowhere, I was doing coaching and consulting and speaking and all this other stuff. And it ended up that I, that I started a credit repair business. And so before that, remember during, before prior to that was the, the, um, the crash and so forth. And there was a lot of financial crisis and so forth. And then also what happened was, um, so what I did was during November, December, and January, I began to learn as much as I needed to learn to become an expert at credit repair, started to build our website, get clients and so forth, and um, started to build that business. It moved from credit repair to personal funding to business funding, for, excuse me, business credit, business funding. And now we have hundreds of clients and so forth. And one of the things that I had reflected upon prior to that time was I thought, I need a consistent way to go through any circumstance in any situation consistently and have the income, uh, you know, be there for me. And so uh, the other thing that I thought about was uh, I, I knew that I needed to create solutions for entrepreneurs because I had experienced several times where I got to a point where I, I had this product or a product and I couldn't get the funding to get over this hump. I call it, I needed just 10,000 or 15,000 or whatever it was. And I couldn't get the funding, but I was right there. So that happened a few times. And so what occurred was throughout this process of building out this credit repair business, I began to realize, Hey, these people need funding. So I began to build out this personal funding side of things. And at that time, that's when I knew that it was designed for entrepreneurs to get over the hump. And so, because at first, remember at the beginning, I was just going within and reflecting what was it that I needed to understand about what, you know, where my next evolution was, what's that quantum, right. I call it. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happened, pardon me. So at that point I realized, oh, many of these entrepreneurs and business owners can't do what their vision, mission, purpose in life is because they can't get the funding, that ten or $100,000. And so um, the reason why they can't get the funding is because their credit's bad. And so what we did was we designed a, a model where when somebody came to us, we would first ask them, because uh, my background is personal development, we would first ask them, so what's your goal? What are you trying to achieve? I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do this and so on, get a house or what have you. Great. How's your credit? Not very good. No problem. We'll bring you back over to credit repair, fix your credit, boost your score up, and then uh, get you funding. And now you could do your purpose because now you can fund your, your vision, your purpose in life, right? Right. And so that moved into business credit because they needed business credit and then business funding and so forth. And so that evolved into saying, 
okay, now what do they need next? Because I used to have a media marketing company before. Okay, great. I'm going to rebuild this media marketing business because why? Because this is what the entrepreneur needs. And so I created a, a true media, which is um, we do everything, um, world-class websites, funnels, um, product creation, and so forth. That led into a LinkedIn lead generation business. That led into a text marketing platform. That led into a very robust CRM system. So all these things were designed one after another after another to support entrepreneurs where they're at and, and what it is that their ultimate goal is. And so it created a, like an ecosystem. Whatever problem they had, we would be there to be the solution for that problem. And so little did I know back at that beginning stages of that one single decision that that whole catastrophe happened to me in that moment in December, excuse me, in November, similar to what's going on right now mm -hmm. is when that decision ended up creating an entire ecosystem for sustainability. But what's so fascinating about it, and again, I didn't know how it was going to evolve back then. I just was needed to go within to get clear about what that step was, right? Yeah. Little did I know that the, that the, the, the platforms and the services that we offer are actually platforms that support every type of business, every type of industry. It's not really a, so that means that it can last sustainably mm -hmm. and support entrepreneurs along the evolutionary and their lifestyle cycle of their business. So yeah. that's, that's, this, that's what I'm referring to when I'm suggesting sustainable models, sustainable, successful models. It begins with the decision internally to identify and know what your purpose is, what your core destiny is, what that one single point of understanding is to get to your next quantum, to understand what is it that is aligned with who you are. Because when it's aligned with who you are, it's always going to be sustainable because yeah. all the flow of nature is going to be on your side, bringing all these pieces together for you. You know, you touched upon it several times and that is something we talk to our listeners about all the time. And that is finding your purpose. Yeah. That's why we encourage people to go within because that's where you're going to find it. Now, I've asked this question of many of my guests in regards to uh, life purpose, <clears throat> and some will say, well, yeah, you could probably say my life's purpose is, and that could be for the entire, your, entirety, uh, your entire life. But at the same time, I've had people tell me, you know, today my life's purpose is, and tomorrow it might be something different. And that very well may be true. <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, but by the same token, again, it, the bottom line is you have to find it. So what is it that you tell people to do to find that purpose for which they, again, depending upon your philosophical perspective, came here to fulfill, were born to fulfill, <laughs> were called to fulfill, uh, what, what, are, what is the strategy, if you will, if this is the right word to use, that you suggest to people to find their purpose? Sure. Thank you. That's a good question. Um, I personally believe that everybody knows their purpose in life already. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. And what I believe is that there is, um, that what occurs is that they need, um, there's a level of emotional bandwidth that occurs uh, and an experience that occurs that people need in order to feel comfortable allowing that purpose to come out of them. Mm. And, and once it's out, it's like the truth sets you free. And now you, there's a level of living that. And oftentimes the challenge becomes, what do I do first, second, third, et cetera? So it's such a great question. The reason why is because for the last 30 years, I've been studying human nature just naturally and focusing on that. Whenever you focus on something that you love, you receive insights that nobody else receives. It's in any industry and in every level of life. Mine happens to be understanding human nature. And so my gift, my ability to understand and see people and help them identify that core destiny, I call it. It's where they never have to reinvent themselves again. Again, It's truly who they are um, aligned with that which they are destined to become and, and that which they are naturally. Um, that experience uh, it's not me telling that person. It's not, it's us coming to this conclusion together and it's a gift. And so that just takes a few hours, like most gifts only, you know, they don't take a long time. And so once that occurs, what I'm, what I'm essentially doing is that I'm creating an experience or an energy. I mean, it allows for people to really feel comfortable um, expressing that. And once they do, that's when we begin to go into identifying uh, structures and strategy and pricing, packaging and systems and putting all those formatting those together so that they can go out the next day and start making money doing what they love. And that's where all these uh, tools, I call them platforms come in. It's kind of like this A to Z model where I help somebody discover their core destiny, identify what that is. We reverse engineer that. We create structures, strategies, packaging, pricing systems. They go out the next day, start making money, Perspectively speaking, from that point of view, they already know the A to Z steps. Now we implement that through some of the systems that we built out, these platforms, True Media, which are a media company, if they need. So it's, it's all designed to wherever they, they're at and whatever they need to do. So it's kind of a, a beginning point to an end result. Now, to, to kind of move into the idea of what is that, that, you know, who somebody is and what their core destiny is, for instance. Um, again, it's, it's just realizing, reflecting internally. So I always say there's two parts to it. The first thing you need to do is you need to identify who you are. What's your intangible gift? Now that intangible gift is like saying, I'm good at organizing people, situations, and things. That's an intangible gift. You can use that in most any industry right? But the next part, the next part of it is what makes your heart sing? How do you want to express that in the world? So somebody might say, I'm good at organizing people, situations, and things. You could be an event planner, for instance, mm -hmm. and you're good at that, you know, mechanizing that. And then how you want to express that in the world is you start your own event planning company, for instance, or you work in that industry to do that type of work you wouldn't go and um, use that same uh, skill to go you know, teach someone how to golf, for instance, or some other uh, type of thing. So what you wanna do is you have this alignment, which is the intangible first, then it comes into the external. What most people will do is they'll say, 
what is it that I want to do? And they'll think about an industry that they want to be in first. Right. And, and so what happens is um, they get um, bored and they get burnt out later on after doing it. It doesn't mean that that industry is bad for them, but they might not have understood their core destiny, which is where you get fulfillment from. Because when you're expressing who you are, then you're, you're getting full. You're, you're mm -hmm. getting full. And so it's not work. It's truly who you are, right? And it's yeah. one single thing. It's, one, it's what I call your coordinate point. And just to elaborate a little bit more, that coordinate point is so specific and the specificity of it is like saying there's different types of writers. So you want to, you want to understand what specific uh, specificity that is for you because let's just say you're a writer, but there's different types of writers. There's book writers, there's movie writers, there's script writers, there's um, sales copy writers, there's creative writers, there's technical writers, right? So once many writers will say to themselves, oh, I can, I can write in these other areas, but they are the very best at one of those styles. Mm. And when they focus on that one single style, that's their coordinate point. And all things and all people will see that and say, that's amazing. You did amazing at this. And now that's what they're going to pay you for. Or that's what they're, you're going to be aligned with being more fulfilled in your life. It might, you might be a great technical writer, creative writer may not be appealing to you. So you're not going to feel the same inspiration and, and jazz that you would if you were doing technical writing. Technical writing, you might light up and say, this is, this is me. And do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like the, the distinction of, of someone doing what they love, which is going to create every, somebody doing what they love. If you have people doing only what they love in your company, as an example, then your, your company is going to hyper grow because there's only love involved. But if you have people that are not doing what they love, then that may create a stagnation at some point energetically because uh, the flow itself is broken. Make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Kenneth Lord's my guest, and we're talking um, about a lot of things in regards to your life's purpose. Uh, Kenneth, I have been fortunate. I would I, I say it this way. <clears throat> that um, I feel throughout my life, especially throughout my career, uh, that I've been in the right place at the right time. Um, have there been uh, downs? Sure. Um, there was one year <laughs> in 2000 when, uh, though I was working in radio throughout uh, to some degree, I was laid off from four jobs in one year. Four wow. jobs. Okay. Wow. Now, <clears throat> the first two times I was laid off, I filed for unemployment, mm -hmm. okay? But by the time it got to, uh, by the time it got to, you know, you have to wait two weeks before you get your first check. Mm -hmm. By the time it got to the second week, I had another job. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was um, in uh, uh, the first job that I lost and then the second job that I lost. Mm -hmm. And then the third job that I lost, I didn't even bother going to unemployment because I figured, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to find another job next week. Sure. And, and, and then, and the fourth job along and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, it's just been fascinating to me in that regard to see the progression. Um, I still feel the same way, even in my relationships, though I am uh, once divorced, never again. Uh, the, my, my, my present wife, and last wife, 
uh, I'm going to do every, because it was too horrific, even though it only went on yeah. for nine months. The mm. divorce process was just too horrific. I made the decision, no, I'm going to make sure that whatever happens within the relationship, we are going to find a way to come to some resolution, some decision, some, and, and, you know, the bottom line, and I find the media is, uh, especially Hollywood and uh, television, so detrimental to relationships because of the stereotypical way they portray women, wives, uh, as either uh, the, um, the uh, hard-nosed uh, biatch, <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, or uh, in the horror films, she's always screaming. Uh, and the guy is just a lunatic, doesn't know what he's doing. He's always trying to pull something over on her in terms of, uh, I'm going to go buy a boat and I'm not going to tell the wife, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, and fortunately, I am seeing more, uh, more uh, um, you know, programs now where there, it, it, again, I, I realize that the movies and television, there, there'd be nobody watching if it was, there was no drama. I get that. Mm -hmm. but, but I have been seeing more programs, more movies and TV where uh, it's not the screaming woman <laughs> in yeah. a horror flick. Yeah, yeah. She's tough. And yeah, she, right. oh, she goes to town on whoever's <laughs> creating problems. Or the husband and wife are actually working together, though they have their little struggles. They're still a team. They yeah. may not always agree, but they're still a team. Yes. And I find that that is just utterly important in any relationship, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, spousal, uh, you know, partners, what have you, or acquaintances, businesses. My best friend, who I've known since sixth grade, he and I are still in contact today. I can't believe mm. that he and I, this year, the year of Perfect Vision 2020, are both going to be 60. Wow. And we've, we've known each other since we were uh let's see i graduated i was uh, tw we've known each other since we were 11 or 12 amazing amazing and that's one of the things that i i i'd like to have you elaborate on in terms of maybe not acknowledging yeah i've always been in the right place at the right time because that one's a tough one especially if you feel like you've been through the ringer Mm -hmm. but talking about maybe changing one's perspective on that. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh -huh. Let's, so good, let's talk about that. That's a good, good, good um, segue and segment. The way that I see things, and it didn't, you know, life is about coming to this point of understanding. Right. So our experiences and circumstances and situations are really understanding deeper and clearer and more concise and, and refining constantly. We're always refining. Mm -hmm. And one of the single most important things that I've uh, found and have refined is the understanding of decision. It's the absolute single most significant thing in our lives. 100% hands down. And here's the very reason for it. Every single decision, so let's just say every decision sets up our next decision. So let's just put this in perspective. Let's just say I'm standing in my, saying, you know, I'm in my house, okay? I've decided today I'm gonna stay in my house. 
Mm -hmm. So that's my decision. This is my environment in my house. But what happens when I walk out the door to go to the store for a half an hour or an hour? I'm going to run into people. I may run into somebody that I know. I may run into some situation that I may enjoy or not enjoy. I may become part of, of, you know, any sort of situation. Let's just say that I, so that's that one single decision. But let's just say at the store, I drove over there, somebody hit me, and now um, I'm in this whole situation where there's an accident. And now I have to go through weeks or months of getting stuff happening, you know, going to the chiropractor, doing, you know, whatever. It could be where I'm going over there and I'm getting the coronavirus or whatever situation. So my point being is this. At every stage of our lives, this was so fascinating is in a relationship even, your decision to date someone, that one single decision, you could be dating that person for six months. Great relationship, six months, it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. as an example. But guess what happened possibly? In that relationship, you might have gotten traumatized by that relationship, by that person. And that tra- being traumatized is affecting now your next relationships, your next circumstances, your next situation in life. Those become they set up the decisions that you're gonna make for the next part of your life. Let's just say a woman gets molested. That experience is going to affect the decisions, every single decision for the rest of her life, that one single decision. And guess what? Yeah. The power of each one of us, the, how we hold each other in our hearts is very important because guess what? We also have the ability to inspire people to change their lives just by a five minute conversation, right? There's so many amazing qualities. We go to different events for different uplifting um, thoughts or maybe for education or something. And that education, even though we might've done it 20 years before, we are going to use that for uh, in different areas of our lives, in different time of our lives. So from the standpoint of the decisions that we make, the better that we're able to understand and know the, and, and be conscious of every single decision. And so that's where pondering comes in. That's where reflecting from within comes in. That's where really knowing who we are comes to play. Because the more that we're able to realize in every moment, instead of reacting, we respond. Instead of getting upset because someone's yelling at us and we become the one who holds our place, in, in every single one of those situations, we are literally shaping and making our next decision, our entire life. Last thing I'll say on that is this. Let's just say a woman goes through an abusive relationship in her 20s, 23 years old. Abusive relationship, been with that guy for, say, 10 years. And I know I'm creating some stereotypical mechanism but I'm just sharing this experience. It's designed for relatability. So Mm -hmm. she has a choice in that moment. She got verbally abused, maybe physically abused. Here's the decision that she could make in her life. She can either go to start in the prostitution time of her life. She could potentially go into other areas, stripping or some other drug, drug taking drugs, or she can use that experience to become a powerful woman leader by speaking on stages and helping other women get through the same types of experiences. Mm. Two different outcomes 
one single decision at that moment of impact? There have been television programs that have come along and I wish they were still on and I can't remember the title of this one, but the the main focus was this young autistic boy, curly hair. Mm -hmm. And um, the general, the general premise was that um, uh, like in some long form, like movies, uh, you will be shown multiple stories. Yes. All right. Uh, That you look at those as they come by and going, why are they showing me this? And then this Mm -hmm. one and this, well, in this television program, you're doing the same thing. And matter of fact, it was the guy who played the lead in the television series, 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also in um, last survivor, which was Mm -hmm. about uh, the government being blown up and he's now the designated president. Uh, And I cannot remember his name. And in any event, the premise of the program with this little kid was that same premise where they would show different parts of, different stories mm-hmm. totally independent of one another yeah and as the program progressed you saw some of these stories intersect yes. and intersect okay. and intersect mm-hmm. i have to say that with uh, sadly uh, it's with the coronavirus that we are beginning to get i think an even clearer image of how connected and intersected and intertwined our lives are and how we impact one another. And God forbid we don't impact one another by sharing this virus. But what you were just saying about not just the decisions, but as you also talked about accidents and and, and events and things of this nature, and I will share it with you uh, very briefly, my wife and I have had this dream of getting a truck. For mm-hmm. years, we've been looking around and also a travel trailer. Mm-hmm. Now, we had, had a Volvo, uh, 2007. We were told that it would tow X number of pounds if we had a tow package put on. And we thought, well, yeah, but that's not much of a trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, because they say you take the total uh, towing weight, divide it in half, and that's what you should be pulling. You don't mm-hmm. want to pull the full amount. Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> here I am. I drop my wife off at work. I'm going down this particular street. And all of a sudden, I get this impression, turn left here because the, the traffic up ahead is really heavy. I could see it, you know, and it was being merged into one lane. Mm-hmm. So I turn left and I'm going down this residential street. And just as I'm about to cross the path of this driveway, this guy comes flying out of his driveway. I swerve a little bit to my left because he's coming out on my right, mm-hmm. but we collide anyway. Our corners hit my front mm-hmm. passenger to his front driver. Mm-hmm. And he's pissed. He is really upset. And he gets out of his car. So what do you think you're doing? You know, you were doing uh, 50 miles an hour, which I was not doing. And, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be going so fast down a residential street, and blah, 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 blah. And he started taking pictures of the accident. Well, immediately I call 911 and I get the police out there. And then I call my wife and I tell her what happened, that I'm okay. And there were no injuries. Thank goodness mm-hmm. this was a non-injury accident mm-hmm. other than maybe our pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this one gentleman just happened to be walking by. And he tried to explain to the other driver, sir, you're at fault mm-hmm. because you pulled out into oncoming traffic. He could have been doing 120 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. He'd get a ticket for speeding and that's it. Yeah. You pulled out into oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. So the, the process that unfolded was that, you know, he was still really upset and his 
partner, female partner, she was on the phone, I think, with their insurance company. I immediately called mine, of course, to, to file a claim. Then the police arrived, a single policeman. My wife, first of all, when I was on the phone with her, the epitome of calm. Well, mm. I'm glad you're okay. Just go ahead and take care of what you can. And, and then, and, and, and we'll deal with it later. Policeman shows up again, the epitome of calm. Mm -hmm. When we got to the near end, to the ending of this, this uh, dynamic there at the, on the street, I had this impression that I should go up to this gentleman in front of the police officer and extend my hand and say, I'm glad that we're both okay, which I did. And I added to that. So go out and make it a better day because I'm going to. Mm -hmm. And to continue that without going into the dynamics, our Volvo was totaled because the price of the parts was more, was more than the, the, <laughs> the, the value of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So they gave us a fairly hefty uh, 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 check, mm -hmm. which we were able to use. They paid off the loan. And then we had enough left over to put a down payment on. What do you think it was? A truck. <laughs> and just less than a year later, almost 12, uh, 11 months to the day, we had our travel trailer. And that was in 2019. Wow. And 20, it was in 2018 where I had the accident. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. Now, someone said to me from a metaphysical, a metaphysical standpoint, you know, Richard, you did not have to create that scenario in order to get the truck and the travel trailer. <laughs> and I said, well, that may be true. Okay, that may very well be true. But that's now how it unfolded. And sure. it was a non-injury accident. Neither of us were hurt. Yes. And I also realized, too, that by going up to him and extending my hand as a, a friend, yeah. not an adversary, mm -hmm. Santa Barbara's a small town, under 100,000 people. There's the possibility that I may come across him. I used to say, I'll run into him again. I don't mm -hmm. want to do that. Yeah. I'll come across him again. Yeah. We don't need that energy. Talk to me about your philosophy about dealing with the energies from other people in our interactions that not only can, either, can affect our decision-making or if we are conscious Okay, if we are observing what's going on, we make a different decision rather than a decision that is being influenced by that, directly influenced by that energy, that emotion, and so forth. Yeah, well, you did an excellent job at, at, at listening for one and, you know, being who you are in that moment and, uh, and your wife, of course. And so it seemed as though you were aligned with making those those decisions that, and, and, and the point to me to make is that you were willing to listen from within and based upon your own willingness, because that's where it begins is willingness. You were willing to receive an insight or an intention or an idea or thought, and you then followed through with that. Right. By extending your hand, you, you were listening to turn left, for instance, and and all those types of things. And so I would say that, one, you're a good example as it relates to being willing to listen. And once we're willing to listen and once we're willing to uh, respond versus react, 
that's really the beginning part of it all. And if we can do that every single day, every single moment of our lives, whatever circumstance or situations that come about in our lives, we're going to be um, able to move to the next part of who we are. Because we're always, in my opinion, these little, these, these experiences, these situations are designed to test us for the next bigger thing that we're about to receive, that we're about to uh, benefit from, because we, we're always uh, refining, we're always um, asking for different things internally and externally. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's always these, there's always these, uh, this capacity of, um, are you ready for this one situation? Are you able to handle that one experience? And, um, so I would say that that um, just being who you are and aligned, there's not much to say. You just demonstrated it quite well, actually. <laughs> but when you're talking with people at gatherings uh, where, you, where you're giving a lecture or a seminar or what have you, um, I'm sure that this must come up. Uh, you know, well, yeah, but they did this and they did that. And, and, uh, and let me tie that, let me tie into that. Um, the fact that in this country today, we have a serious victimhood mentality that is absolute, in my opinion, in my opinion, is absolutely corrupting the social and uh, uh, civil well-being of our country, but also of other countries around the world. Can you, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that when it comes to these types of things, these, these, these issues that we have to face as we go through our lives uh, in that regard? So um, the way that I look at something is that I'm always considering other people's point of view. I'm always considering, and I think that everything in life is about refining, as I mentioned. So uh, when we're looking at, when I'm talking to someone on stage or when I'm talking with someone in person, I'm looking into who they are. What is it your intention is? Where are you with your intention? What is it you ultimately want to uh, do? Who are you wanting to be? And individuals that, let's just say that they are um, challenged or they're upset or this victimhood mentality that you're describing, um, I, how I see some, something is all about what is your greatest strength, not so much your weaknesses, because when you focus on your greatest strength, then you're, you're moving in that direction. And so it's, it's more that way than it is looking at what somebody's perceiving or how they're doing certain things. I believe that when you're aligned with who you are, what's going to happen is, and you made specific decisions and specific boundaries about you and what you're willing to or not willing to either communicate with yourself or communicate with others. The one piece of it is that anything and everything that we communicate with our, to ourselves and with ourselves is in direct proportion to how we communicate with others. Mm. And so it, however, however that experience is externally, it's that internal dialogue that's going on within is, is a direct reflection of how that is going to come out of us in every part of our lives, right? Because it's all, um, it's all intangible first. <clears throat> and so I look at what is your intention? Where are you coming from? What, what are you... What is it that you're um, ultimately wanting to do or achieve? If you're, if you're someone who's focusing on um, becoming a better you, then your intention is to be, is to be willing to refine and focus yeah. 
yeah. on you every moment. For me personally, um, I'm always, I'm always, there's always a pause that goes on in, inside of me and in saying, who, who are you? Who are you, Richard? What, what is it that, you know, what's the circumstance like? What, how can I be better at me? There's people that come uh, at, at times to me and they might be upset. They might, I could react, but instead, although it, I may see it as their responsibility, I'm not focused on blaming. I'm not focusing on, I, I just, I look at it and say, okay, I understand. How can I help? How can I be the example? Because why? Mm -hmm. Because in every single situation, in every moment of our lives, we are example setters. Yeah. When we realize the level, the responsibility that we have as example setters, we're going to realize that every word that comes out of our mouth and to ourselves is either going to be constructive or destructive. So we, we need to ask ourselves, what words do we want to say to ourselves or to others? Are they going to be constructive or destructive? Is it complaining, whining? Is it victimhood? That's a destructive <laughs> mechanism. Or is it empowerment, love, caring, compassion? That's more constructive, right? So there's certain things that when you're looking at how you communicate with yourself, how you communicate with others, how you're looking at the situation and being that example setter and that responsibility, you're holding people in a different place. You're holding every situation in a different place. It's, yeah. it's not because why? Because keep in mind that that decision to be a victim, that decision to be example setter and hold your place in the, in the, in the situation that's going on, that one decision is going is setting up your next decision. You're, one of the things I have on my website is um, what example are you making in your family's lives, in your customers' lives, in your employees' lives? What example, what, what impact are you making in their lives? Is it a positive one or a negative one? Yeah. And to me, that single question, if, you add, if we ask ourselves every single experience that we have, what impact are we making or what impact do we want to make? That's when we actually identify and find the answer to every question that comes up or every circumstance or situation that comes up. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> and I, I want to say this as, <clears throat> I don't know if the, if the right word is apolitically <laughs> neutral. Okay. Sure. I want to say yes. it as neutral as possible. Yes. You have to have um, maybe, uh, you must have been beside yourself during our last presidential election cycle um, because of what you just said and what we've been talking about. Uh, I will epitomize, I will codify down to one, one word, the entire, and it doesn't matter which side, the entire campaign for 2016 and i thought we had moved on from it and the the campaign slogan should have been one word and that is victimhood it was everybody else's fault that we had the problems that we had it was someone else's fault some other country's fault some other group of people's fault instead of saying hey this is on me and that's one of the things that I want to talk to you about in terms of changing our perspective, because I know this is not easy to do for a lot of people <clears throat> because they're kind of vested. They're vested in their position 
And my gosh, if they give up their position, what do they have? But one of the things that has, has struck me is some of the radio and television uh, that just continues to perpetuate this. And all I can do is when I'm clicking through it, because I don't sit and listen to it, I won't, mm -hmm. is how is your whining helping? How is your complaining and name calling? How is that helping? And speaking of changing perspectives, the man who happened to win in 2016 I went through three phases. One was, thank you, teacher, for teaching me how I don't want to behave. And I remember sharing with my mother. If mom, if I spoke to you like he speaks to the public and the different groups, what would happen? And she basically, you'd have very red cheeks because I'd be <laughs> slapping your face regularly. <laughs> then the next phase that I went through was, I forgive you, but more importantly, I forgive me for allowing myself to be drawn into the morass of this, this energy this victimhood mentality that it wasn't just him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not poking, I'm not poking a bear here. Okay. That's not what I'm doing. And then I got to the third phase where you're talking about. Okay. I, uh, I take full responsibility for my thoughts and verbal uh, and, and, and verbal uh, commentary <laughs> over the last few months. I am now going to come from a strictly human or humane position, uh, perspective. All right. He and anybody else with that same mentality on either side has every right to be here. We're all human beings. We have a right to live and have our thoughts and so forth. Mm -hmm. But as a person who has been doing his own personal work, I came to this question that I put to anybody who feels the victim. What is it, and then speaks out in, these, in this way and mm. behaves in this way. What is it that you're so afraid of that causes you to be this way? I'm not asking you to change. That's not my position. That's not my place. I just want to understand so that I can put this behind me and move on. I don't need to spend my energies, exert my energies in this anymore. I want to be about my life's purpose, yeah. which is talking with people like folks Kenneth Lord of KennethLord.info and, and, and finding out more about what he has to share. So can you dive into that a little bit? Uh, and maybe you can genericize it if you want a little bit more. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, thank you. That's, that was a great um, point of perspective there. And it's really essential that um, when someone, when someone uh, just to kind of address the, that political side or that, that, um, you know, that position, um, whenever I'm talking with someone, I, I'm, I, I communicate with them and I say, this is how I see something. The leader that you're looking for, if you are, if you're a religious person, okay, um, if you're a Christian, if you're Muslim, if you're any religious, that individual we want. So let me, let me kind of pivot for just a second. Here's what I ask of you and of others. Mm -hmm. Please be a good example for me. Would you be a good example for me, please? Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Because guess what? Every single one of us wants those around us to be good examples for us. Just like they're wanting us to be a good example for them. And so when you're looking at that particular situation, 
I'm always coming from the point of whether whatever side that you're on, the question is, who is it that you're looking for as your example setter? And are they a servant leader? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what side they're on, in my opinion. It's who are they as an example setter to the best ability that they can be. Okay. Right. And, and so it, it's, it doesn't get into the, any political dynamic. It becomes who is the person? Because like if you were in a, an example of a, a religious or Christian setting, the example setter set a specific example. And that is the example that we want to live by and through and to, et cetera, right? Yeah. And, and so um, that's what I would ask individuals to consider as it relates to any circumstance and every situation in our lives, whether it be the leader of their country or those heroes around us. One of the, one of the things that I, I really enjoyed, one time I was speaking to a group of uh, high school students, there's maybe 200 people in the room, and I, I posed this question, I said, I said, raise your hand, who is the hero in your life? And um, so a few of them, you know, I said, can you give me some examples? And one, one student raised their hand and they said, yes, Joey, right next to me. And I was like, wow, that is really powerful to have your best friend be your hero. Yeah. You know? and, it's, and it really is one of those things where when we're willing to reflect and it goes back to what you had mentioned, which is um, in terms of like victimhood and so forth, it's what is it that you're conveying as it relates to constructive and destructive yeah. to shift the mindset to you have to have the intention. It's not, here's the reality of it. No one can tell you what to do and you're going to do it. It's that simple. We have to come to a realization about it. We might get guidance. We might receive insight. We might listen to someone. But ultimately, in order to change who we are, how we're communicating, what our intentions are, it has to come from within. Mm-hmm. And so, so that has to be such a strong intention that, that you're wanting to have a constructive mentality. And that is not an every once in a while, whenever you feel like it, it is an every moment thing. And is it hard work? It is oftentimes because there's so much going on in the world. However, the benefits that you're going to, that you're going to, one person that you're able to positively impact not only is going to change their life, but it and it's most likely going to change hundreds or thousands of lives because of that one single thing that you did with that person. Yeah. Now I'm now going to shift to business. Okay. okay? Uh, and again, I'm, I'm wanting to keep this on a business setting, not a political setting here. Okay. Sure. There have been people who have uh, occupied the White House who have wanted to conform uh, to transform the government into a business. Mm. Present company, present president included. Mm. Uh, my my philo- my perspective is that government isn't a business, never has been, never will be. It's a government, and they operate differently. Now, based upon what we have seen of this, and let's refer to this person as a businessman. All right, this is a business because he is right. Mm. Yes. He's a businessman. That's right. If the company I work for, the radio station that I work for, had multiple employees, and we had the kind of turnover that he has had in his quote-unquote business over the last three and a half years, 
do you really think that the radio station would still be in operation today? Because, because isn't it expensive to have people quit or fire them and rehire and retrain and go through that process over and over and over again, or not hire them and have to dump the excess work onto other employees who now feel overburdened. That's true. Is, and, and so I kind of ask that question, would you hire someone like that? I'm not no. saying him. I'm saying someone like. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Again, keeping this, because I know that one of the things that I've learned in some of my interviews is that <clears throat> um, narcissists, psychopaths, whatever you want to call them, okay? Because mm -hmm. he's been accused of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. There is actually a positive or upside yeah. to that mentality. And that's something that a lot of people don't seem to understand. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk, can, can, can you talk a little bit about that and, and the pluses of having that kind of uh, drive and mentality? No, I can't talk about the pluses, but I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What can you talk about then? That was beautiful. I got to tell you. I can say that um, I've always thought that the government is a business. It's run by a business, it's designed for business. And okay. it's always gonna be that way because if you, if it's, it's its own corporation essentially. And the reality of it is that um, you know, they do things that people don't know. There's, it's more of a global economy and it has to be run to some degree as a business. Now, my thought is, is that when you have a businessman in that position, it's gonna be run more like an actual business. And, and we see it all the time. We see this happening and that happening and, and you know, this leverage point happening because of this situation. And that's how you run a business, for instance. And um, you know, those, who, uh, those who support that model, you know, that's what they're looking for. That's what they're uh, wanting. And, mm -hmm. and, and I look at it from the standpoint of we are the ones, and, and I say this because, and just to maybe kind of uh, pivot just a little bit is my thought is that in life, in business, we are the ones who make the changes, mm -hmm. the ancillary perspective of outside. And this is, this is, let me just kind of actually reveal this or unwrap this for a minute. During this period of time, I believe we're in a transfiguration time from when it started through say June and possibly July, this is the time to make clear decisions on who you are, what you want, how your life wants, you know, that you want your life to be and the people in your life and who you surround yourself with, right? And so to me, based upon that intention, let's use the business model in, for example, that is going to either launch, start, scale your business model, and that is your world, okay? The government and all of the, all, all the different layers, I call them influencer types. There's local, regional, national, and global influencer types. And so you basically make your decisions based upon how you want to play. And mm -hmm. that's an internal conversation that happens every day. That's the type of individual that you are. And so whether you can actually make your business flourish and successful without even considering what's going on in the government. Because essentially, there's gonna be laws and rules that there's no control over whatsoever. 
And so essentially just by being the leader, being the influencer, being the example setter in who you are in your industry, you know, do you have to play by those rules? Yes, they're the laws, but it doesn't mean that you can, that, that you can't be successful and mobilize you. It's my thought is your consideration of where you're at in that influencer type is what it, you're going to consider. Me personally, I'm more of a global influencer type. So I'm considering things like that. You might be the same type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the, I look at those things, but again, they also become distractors. So, you know, when you have, when you have a, a, let's just use the government, for example, and the way their business is structuring, there's always going to be, there's gonna be people who are creating those things without you, your control, right? And so it's kind of like, it doesn't make any sense to put too much attention on that other than just understanding the laws or what have you that's put in place because you're distracting yourself from being focusing on your true goal, your purpose in life, what impact you're actually making in people's lives. So that's how I look at it. I'd mm -hmm. rather spend 30 minutes focusing on how can I help someone understand their core destiny? How can I help someone scale their business or launch their business than, than to focus on something that isn't necessarily going to, uh, that's going to distract me from that per se. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. Okay. And, yeah. and I understand that. And that makes perfect sense to me from uh, what you're saying. And, and you're right. We, we do uh, not fully understand. Obviously I don't because I am. Uh, that's why I've got you on the program and I'm wanting to understand yeah. <clears throat> that. And, and so let me, let me backtrack just a little bit here and ask you. So in the 21st century, you view government as a business. Do you think that that was how it was originally intended? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, Actually, and I have a feeling that a lot of people do not see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, the thing is, is that when someone, when I look at it and I say, this is a business, I'm not saying it's some malice business or something right. that people are bad or whatever. I'm saying in order to have the trash people pick up our trash in order to support nonprofits in order, in order to, mm -hmm. things have to happen a certain way. And, uh, and so we find creative ways to find this. If you're a nonprofit, you're looking for creative ways to fund your nonprofit because you have such a passion for it. So you might say to yourself, Hey, I need to invest in this. Like nonprofits can purchase and own properties and companies. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. there's a, they're, they're going to be looking at strategically how they're going to um, support their nonprofits. So it, again, that's a business. These are corporations, nonprofits that are 501c3s are actually corporations. And so um, again, it's not bad, but it, the, the structure has to be there. And that's when you're looking at it be, all the red tape is it has to be so tight. The structure itself has to be so tight in order for the system to continue to flow. Right. I think that that's, uh, uh, I think that's an excellent point that you're making about government. And again, I don't think that this, is, this has been explained to the general public because a lot of people are very upset that, well, we don't want a businessman in there because he'll just do things for himself. And again, this goes back to your point about how this is not intended to be some kind of malicious 
you know, business, you know, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be there to serve the public. You know, that's what it's there for. We, the people, and, and uh, it's of the people, by the people, for the people and representation and mm-hmm. all of those different things. But there is a cert- there is a real business aspect to it. And I don't think yeah. people have looked at it that way. Before we wrap things up here, uh, I, first of all, uh, I have to thank you for giving us so much time. I mean, this has just been uh, eye-opening for me because it gives me some new things to think about, uh, whether it be about government <laughs> and business or, mm-hmm. or other things. Um, but also in terms of uh, uh, understanding that there are people such as yourself who are out there who are available through your website, uh, which is uh, kennethlord.info, info, uh, who can, people can get more information of, from you, about you, for, uh, and maybe even connect with you. Yeah. I like you have a little button on there. I am in. <laughs> yeah. I like yes. that. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, uh, the future, and obviously there's a part of me that was actually elated when the government, whether it be state or national, decided to shut down businesses across the country. And I'll tell you the reason why. Every year that I can remember the influenza rolling through the country, the first thing that, and this is just my logical mind, and I'm talking about when I was an early teen, I was thinking this. Mm -hmm. Why don't they shut down travel for two weeks? Just two weeks. Mm -hmm. Keep people from getting into those Petri dishes with wings. Mm -hmm. And in two weeks, guess what? It's over. Mm-hmm. I don't need a vaccine. I don't need a flu shot because it doesn't spread because it dies on the vine. Mm-hmm. So when they shut things down, I went, finally, they're doing something <laughs> different. I mean, isn't it Einstein who said that if you continue to uh, do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity? Yes. And in my opinion, that's what's been going on for decades since I was a kid, born in 1960. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been playing an insane game of see if we can outrun it mm-hmm. instead of stop running, shut it down. We, we didn't shut it down soon enough, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it appears. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought, okay, we're on the verge of finding new ways of doing things. You've seen the videos. I've seen the videos, the news pieces mm-hmm. of people who are not only out there helping, and these kinds of things bring out the, the heart and soul of America yeah, yeah. like nobody's business, but also the entrepreneurial spirit. So let me ask you, you saw this happen at the end of 2008, 2009 during that downturn. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurialism exploded back then. Yes. Are you seeing the same uh, type of thing happening now that you think is actually going to change the marketplace forever? Yes. By the way, you have some uh, great, I love your analogies. I love the, where you're coming from, Richard. You do an amazing job at uh, explaining yourself and really coming to some clear conclusions and understanding. I love that. I, I think it's really, really amazing that you're about that. Okay. That you Thank you. That. Thank so, you very yeah, much. Absolutely. It's the truth. And so um, um, anyone would answer that question. Yes. Because the reality of it is that you know, we're at a point in our understanding in terms of our evolution. See, the point, the point of understanding is much different than it used to be in the, say, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and even 80s from the standpoint of, of uh, what we're able to rely on, right? And who we need to be reliant on, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And also that whole independence, the whole entrepreneurial, uh, entre there's so many opportunities now through the internet and all the different components that we have available to us that, um, and, and so many people, you know, promoting, you know, those different services to us through email and so forth and text, et cetera, that it just allows us to delve deeper into understanding more who we are. And, yeah. and my, my belief is that when we understand who we are, it's an independent point of view. It doesn't mean that we're not interconnected, uh, <laughs> but it, it's more independent of, of the things that maybe we have, would have once known before or some level of security that we would have known. And that's really, to me, the key um, in what, that we're gonna receive from uh, as an outcome to understand who we are in that core destiny. Because once we understand that, it, there's, there's, no, there's nothing like it. It's really fulfilling, it's, it's loving, it's, it's aligned, you feel alive. You don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going, you know, dreading work for instance. You feel alive. And I yeah. believe that when you have that perfect vision, as you call it, in this year, during this period of time, you're going to be, it's going to give you a level of clarity to be able to quantum, you know, out of this mechanism and into something that you truly, truly matters to you, Matt, you know, really makes a difference and, and that you really enjoy. Let me ask you one final question here in regards to this, and then we'll wrap things up here. Um, would you say that if we were to track backwards the major corporations that exist in this country, they would go back 50, 75, 100 years to maybe an immigrant, maybe not, but to an entrepreneurial venture that just kept growing and that that is what makes this country, not the corporations, but the individual small businesses and entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Well, every, you know, if we look at those businesses, like you said, if you go back so many years, mm -hmm. there was one single individual that launched that business. Yeah. And based upon what they, what their vision was, then they began to grow it into this corporation. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so when somebody, this, the reason why the influencer types are so important, the it's local national, excuse me, local, regional, national, and global. The reason why that's so important to get perspective on which one you are is because that's the level of which you're playing in your business and your life. Mm -hmm. So some people are more local. So you might have a real estate office, one office. Another person might have a, an idea around getting 10 offices and that's regional. Another one might say, I'm going to go national. And so I'm going to have Keller Williams or something and have it go national. And so you're, you're, you're bridging the gap and creating those corporations and those companies based upon your entrepreneurial experiences. And so Wow. absolutely step into that now because now is the time to really come into this understanding especially when we're in this cocoon i call it mm -hmm. and we can now then use this time even if it's 30 days to start to build get clarity and to create some sort of momentum so that as this lifts a little bit more and more we have a faster momentum that starts moving much faster than we would have ever uh, dreamed of Past. And it comes down to not the government on no. any level. No, it comes down to the individuals who make up 
we the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, ex- I'm excited about that because that to me, even though it's not a new idea, it's certainly a new, uh, uh, it's, it's a, a new impulse, if you will, uh, even if you don't go back to 2008, nine, it's still a new impulse that people are starting to feel and realize, oh, I don't want to go back into the mines. I don't want to go back into the steel, steel mills. I don't want to go back into the factory, even though I know we need those and there will be people who will, uh, because that's what my father did and my brothers and my grandfather and my great grandfather. And it's like a family business, you know, it's like inherited, uh, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I want to do something else. Uh, that, and that's why you, we started out by talking about finding your life's purpose. And that's very exciting. Yeah. Can Ford, let, let me say one, go more, ahead. one, more, go one ahead. more thing. And that is that just remember that in this decision, in the decision that you're making, that you're talking about, that you're speaking, we're speaking about here, is in that decision, that one single decision. Remember, in 2016, it allowed for me in that one single decision to start building this ecosystem, right? And it began to evolve and et cetera. In your life, right this moment, that one single decision, that one intention, that one impact point that you can make in your life and your family's lives, it, it's all based upon the decision that you make during this period of time, it's going to allow you to really truly quantum into that thing and that understanding that business or scale in the way that you've always wanted to scale very quickly in this short amount of time. Kenneth Lord, I want to thank you so much for giving us so much time. I mean, an enormous amount of time. This has been fantastic. And we are very grateful for the information as well as the website we encourage people to go to, which is kennethlord.info. KennethLord.info. Uh, we encourage you to go there. We will be linked to your website uh, at the play at the uh, pl- uh, podcast, so that people can click on your name when they're listening, or they can click on the grocery cart if they're in the playlist, and uh, go straight to your website and get more information from you. Uh, and we are very thankful. And hopefully, when uh, not hopefully, I shouldn't say that, when we get to move around. We would love to have you out here in Santa Barbara to continue this conversation because by the time we get to that place, there are going to be even more changes that I know you're going to be addressing. And, and we, we will need to talk about that as well. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. I have three final questions that I like to ask my guests before we close the program. You yeah. may have addressed them to some degree during the program, but I like to ask them directly. The first is... Who is Kenneth Lord? Um, a humble individual who's just here to make a positive difference and impact in the world. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? I really want, I, my intention is to um, help, have everyone see and understand the higher point of view, a higher perspective of who they are in the world for the betterment of humanity so they can live out their purpose, their dream, their vision uh, in life. And boy, we talked about this a lot. Final question. What is your life's purpose? Mm -hmm. It's a good question. So what I do is, and what I enjoy doing is I, I love to help people understand who they are in the world for the betterment of humanity. And so that's really my purpose. 
Kenneth Lord, again, thank you so much for joining us here on Tell Me Your Story. And I thank you, the listener, for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast, love to lull.